hey check out the sponsor for the video check out the links in the description hey guys i just got my free sample and shaker cup for the dubby's energy pack drink so this is me trying it i just got it from my p.o box and i'm just gonna try and see how it was um let's just take a look at what i got the samples that i got as you can see i have the um peach um the beach and peach i have the dub sludge the dragonade and also galaxy grenade i don't know which one i'm gonna do and i got the anime cup to like get the package <sighs> let, let, i'm gonna try for my afternoon energy boost now i'm about to mix my new w pack with dragonberry we're gonna see how this tastes Mm, not too bad. I think I'm going to sip on this for the rest of the day. I've, it's about three hours till I get off of work. And we're going to see how this actually makes me feel. So, small little correction. I actually had the Galactic Grenade earlier. Tastes actually awesome. And um, didn't get the jitteries. I actually drank it over an hour-long period. And I still got enough energy, enough mental focus. I guess this is good to go. I know I recently did one not too long ago, about a month ago, and it seems like every three or four months, a new one drops, a new anti-debate bro video drops. And this, I, I don't get why people are so anti-debate bro, but I get it, and I called it. I called it the last time it came out. I said that, you know what? Inside of this, like, of course we have the anti-Vosh, anti caffles all that other good bullshit. But one person that's going to be the target of this bullshit, of this anti-debate bro type of live streamer, the next one up, when they finish with him, is going to be Hassan. Hassan is actually going to be, it's going to be the one that's going to be the next one up. And I fucking called it because... A lot of these video essayists who think they're changing the world through some bullshit, they're always going to try to... It's never about the revolution or spreading ideals. It's about tearing down the motherfucker that they think is the top so they can actually get at them. And, um, well, we have a new debate, bro, live streamer video. And let's take a look at it. Shall we? Oof. What is this? Somebody that um has a chair that's just sitting there? I wonder who this can actually be about. Let's go. I don't think it's a stretch to state that there is a surplus. Okay, I know I'm the last person to talk, but dude, fix your audio. I mean, damn. Please fix your audio. Uh, uh, all right, all right. Fuck, all right, let's go. 
surplus of political content online. Debate bros, commentary channels, pretentious video essayists, it's an endless stream of chatter, engagement, and information. Which is good, right? People should be informed. People should discuss how to negotiate and manage power through the blind veil of digital spaces. And even if the means of discourse is indirectly brought to you through billion-dollar companies that would very much like to preserve the status quo, surely we're just doing the best with what we have. You can't change the system by working outside of it, right? Yes and no. Yes and no. Like, seriously, yes and no. There's sometimes you need to work in the system, and sometimes you don't. You have to work outside of the system. Hence why these dumb fucks who tell you that electoralism is stupid they're just mad because they lost an the election and now they don't want to vote again again because they would feel like loot because they felt like losers once that's why you get a lot of people that talk about that bullshit electoralism doesn't work because i'm not getting everything that i need to do no electoralism is the basic to start but you know a lot of these people they don't want to hear that bullshit but let's go but is online politics in its current form really doing anything? I'm going to argue no, or at least it isn't enough. I believe that a majority- So if it's not enough, then the answer would actually be, why don't we do more? God damn. Why, why is it that if it's not enough, why is it, is it just online politics to people like you? All right, let's go. Let's go. Being an asshole. ...of political content online is at best promoting apathy and at worst actively playing into the systems that, at least on the left, it often criticizes. Despite infinite digital attention given to the polycrisis, a cluster of related global risks with compounding effects, the radical reformations required to tackle these issues have not yet happened. The revolution will not be live-streamed. This video is sponsored by Brilliant. Oh, this is one of those other... Okay. How many subs does this motherfucker have? <sighs> um, Half a million subs. How, let's, let's look at this shit. Uh, if you think that the revolution will not be motherfucking... Um, live stream why the fuck are you doing this content life is oh my god feeling un oh my god oh my god oh my god this is a fucking doomer oh my god okay okay i'm sorry this is a fucking doomer okay i'm sorry like i just forget i i yeah sure yeah mm. oh my god and I understand even if those video even if those videos titles were tongue in cheek per se, it's just oh my god, oh my god, please. Fucking please. Alright, let, let's go. 
On the topic of trying to understand the world, personally, I can feel pretty lost when it comes to trying to get a grasp on many topics you see discussed online. AI, coding, and data analysis rule the ways in which we interpret and consume information. These topics do sound complicated, but thankfully there's an easy way to learn about them in order to stay informed. Brilliant is by far the best way to learn math, data science, and computer science interactively. This is largely due to its interactive and fun lessons that go over both basic and advanced topics. Whatever your skill level, Brilliant customizes content to fit your needs and lets you solve at your own pace. This is helped by guided learning paths that keep you focused while learning seemingly difficult concepts. And new lessons are added every month. All right. Come I'm on. a huge fan of Kruskazat on YouTube, and Stop I was pleasantly surprised to find that they have their own course based on their videos. As somebody morbidly curious about your... Wait, what? Wait, you're making a video. You're making a video. You're literally making a video talking about how live streaming is bad. But you're okay with Kruskazat? The most milquetoast, unironically... Un Break out the crayons to explain shit person. You're making a video about Kurskistan, uh, bragging about Kurskistan? It's almost as if you, it sounds as if you just have a bias when you're talking about, oh my God, oh my God. I know this sounds petty that I'm bringing this up, but the fact that you saying that you like Kurskistan, and that is no, nothing wrong with Kurskistan. I watch it myself. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. Wow. Damn. The revolution will not be live streaming. Online political politics is not enough. I. Okay. Damn. I thought this was a ML talking about this bullshit. But okay. Wow. Rabies. I've really enjoyed their lessons on the rabies virus, and I've learned a lot about viruses and genetics in general. By visiting the link brilliant.org slash sisyphus55, you can get started free for 30 days, and the first 200 to sign up will get 20% off an annual plan. Online politics offers a false sense of action and may actively hinder real-world progress. This is evident in three common characteristics found across online politics. Okay, okay, so help me out. If you believe that it is, um, I don't know, ineffective, why are you doing a video featuring online politics? And it's like, I'm not trying to be that jackass- a lot of times I am trying to be that jackass, but this this is not one of those times. You're literally doing a video about online politics. Why, dog? If you're not ineffectual, do you want people to just shut the fuck up about online politics? If that's what you want, cool. Great. Awesome. But, like... I don't... Okay, may, maybe he explained. Here I'll define online politics as the content generated by influencers, content creators, and talking heads who people usually go to for infotainment on local and global issues. 
See, and this is one of the things that, like, is just always interesting to me because info infotainment is learning supposed to be boring to these people? Is learning supposed to be boring? I feel like they feel that if you're entertained while learning something or engaging in something, it takes away from it. I think that's what some of these people believe. And, like, don't get me wrong. I have my issues with certain streamers. I have my issues with streamers I, I even like to watch. But it's almost as if they think that streaming of itself, because it has some entertainment value, is bad. But video essayists, which this guy is... Um, no, that's holy and pure because it's thoughtful and, you know, um, I, I guess, um, some sort of pure, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. Well, let's continue. Firstly, as evident in the sponsored segment you just watched, content and journalism in general is in itself reliant on and usually exists for engagement that can then be transformed into capital. In a general trend, this has led to news deserts. Communities that are not seen as profitable will lose their local source of news. This disproportionately impacts poorer areas who do not turn out the same profit as wealthier areas. People in news deserts will then often turn to social media to get their news, which is often more general, polarizing, and opinionated. This in turn increases the odds of those in news deserts making misinformed political decisions and ending up in filter bubbles. And this is- So yeah, this is actually true. But what he fails to realize, there's also even big areas that aren't quote-unquote news bubbles or- fucking um, news deserts, as he's putting it, that people just get more of their politics online. I don't understand where, and I, I know it may seem like I'm being biased because I do politics online. Yeah, I do. But it just seems to me that a lot of these people who shit on online politics, they they think they have they're not the norm. Not everybody goes knows to go to um um the AP or Reuters to try to effectively discern a political po position and has three or four different sources. Like no. People only spend time on things that they're focused on or they believe that they should focus on. It's not something that literally people want to take the time to spend diving in the correct political position and political philosophy. They pay attention to shit that affects them. Like, I, I thought we all knew this, right? Well, let's continue. This is how ended up on the walls of the Capitol. <laughs> No, 
shit ended up on the walls of the Capitol because people literally were told to believe some shit that was wrong. It wasn't this noble thing that people, if people only knew, they would actually have the right opinion. That's condescending as shit. There are some people that have political biases. There are some people that are in a situation when they feel desperate enough because of their desperate, um, desperation, they have a specific bias because of their fear, their misunderstanding. And you just telling somebody, well, if they had more news sources instead of online news sources, then, you know, they would know better. When that's simply not the case, dog. That's quite liberal of you to think, well, these people are just stupid and they just need to know better. Fuck. But what specifically makes social media so bad for politics? Let's turn to the progressive left, where you'd hope there's a greater chance for progress. Chat donations, Patreon support, AdSense, influencers need to weigh the extent to which a potential topic is important enough to give attention to versus the extent to which it is juicy and entertaining, thereby driving traffic and revenue. Naturally, most content will gravitate towards the latter. However, political influencers tend to actually settle on a middle ground, a form of politics that appears to be fighting the good fight in an entertaining manner. This middle ground, called deference politics, focuses on conversational power and attention over fixing material disparities. The concern here is usually rested on avoiding complicity in injustice and policing or denouncing certain social behaviors. Now, deference politics is not in itself bad. It prioritizes traumatic experiences above all else as that- Fuck, another another person that's that's talking about deference politics. I don't know he said it's not bad, but if you're deferring to somebody just because they have a lived experience, you don't know what. Oh, okay, all right, let's let's go, let's go. You don't know exactly if they're being honest about it. You don't know if they're being biased about it. Just because somebody is a specific group, then that's that's that we should listen to them. Have you met people? There are people that fucking lie. All the fucking time. All right. Let's, let's just go. Let's just go. Which should be tackled and given attention to. The issue, however, is that these discussions remain quite insular. They don't go far enough. As Olufemi Otaiwo, the author of Elite Capture, beautifully puts, bad roommates aren't the problem. For the same reason that being a good roommate isn't the solution. The problem is that we are still trapped in the same room. Someone says something edgy, another calls them out on Twitter, a response video is made, the other person reacts to the video, a third person jumps in to support their fellow influencer. A severe amount of hours, resources, and attention has been given to determining whether this particular roommate should be tolerated. The world has not changed because of this, but your favorite streamer or video essayist, and maybe their opponent, is now a little wealthier. If we back up, what does this do? So wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I, I I know he just went on a spiral, but I I don't know exactly what was the point of all of that. Yes, people interact, but for you to actually say 
well, because people interact, um, then um, it's bad because these people may actually get get something that you know get a little wealth of because of the interaction. It's it's just. It reeks to me of just, I don't know. It seemed to me that you want to critique the problem, and which is fine. Which is fine. It's, it's fine to critique a problem. And then, you know, like, people critique problems all the time. But it's just like, it kind of sounds in, disingenuous to me just to describe it like that. That because people are just doing shit for drama... You were making this video when you know the drama that happens from people making videos like this. It just seems so disingenuous to me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just I'm looking at it wrong. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. And maybe that's it. But that just seems so disingenuous to me. How many videos? How many views does this video have? Yeah, of course. Let's go. It directs what little attentional power we can control at symbolic sites of power, rather than at the root political issues that explain why everything is so effed up. This is an important point. Whether this orgy of online drama is deliberate or not at the level of influencers, it really helps to maintain the status quo. This is elite capture, defined as the way socially advantaged people tend to gain control over resources meant for others. Elite capture often cleverly adapts to resistance by incorporating a tolerable level of it. For example, Amazon can buy up Twitch and host leftist streamers. These creators, reliant on the attention economy of their platforms, are then somewhat limited in advocating for radical action, since this could hurt them financially. This isn't to blame influencers necessarily, they may be actively doing their best within the system. However, as Taiwo notes, the game objective may be viscerally and irredeemable. This, this, this is what I mean. Motherfucker, you make YouTube videos. This is the shit that I mean. You are making a YouTube video. I'm sorry if I think that this is a little bit disingenuous. You are literally making a YouTube video. I, I don't get that. I don't get this. There's people that says they're above the fray. They're above the, the whole, I'm above this. But you jump fucking feet first into drama. Only to say that, oh, to, look at you, you plebs. You're falling for the elite capture. I don't get, uh, okay, yeah, sure. Let's go. Reducibly personal for each player. Self-esteem, security, life itself, but the rules and the context that determine which actions make sense have been created by others who benefit from the outcome of those rigged systems. Elite capture destroys democracy by subtly capturing the political realm for the elites while maintaining an illusion of choice. And even in non-traditional spaces of political action, elite capture works its magic. This is assisted through the third trait of online politics, the abstraction and intellectualization of reality. What? What? Wait, 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 wait. The abstraction 
initialization. Oh, oh, wait, what? I'm sorry. That just sounds so fucking stupid to me. Not because, you know, you, you, you know, reality takes some intellectualization. In, in, um, uh, you know what I mean? It takes some thought about things. And yes, if you're just stuck in thought, if you're just stuck in planning, that's a bad thing. But I ain't no hero, nothing but a sandwich. Oh, okay, let's, let's go. Baudrillard predicted a world where our media-saturated minds, chronically drifting between flashy events and images, will be in such a comatose of fascination that the very concept of meaning will be lost. Meaning, after all, depends on stability and fixed structures. We are now in the habit of perceiving reality in terms of attraction and surprise. As information hunters, we are becoming blind to still inconspicuous things, to what is common, the incidental, and the customary, the things that do not attract us but ground us in being, writes Byung-Chul Han. Namely, this digital world of non-things prioritizes information over truth. Whereas truth is stable and durable, inf- he just oh, oh my god i information and truth are not separate things they're not unless you're talking about the capital T truth no 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 that's fucking stupid and i know uh, for you for you people who um are you know, you know, anti-apologists? Well, I, I I know it's giving people kind of like ammunition to say there's no such thing as true. Like uh, I'm gonna need my atheist, um, <laughs> my atheist uh, co-conspirators not to like jump on me for this about the the whole there's no such thing as truth. But like, what you're talking about, dog, is perception. Your perception of what's true or not versus information those are two different things and the fact that you would sit back here and equate that shit oh god all right let's go information is unstable and evades the ability for us to linger on it to truly process and reflect this is evident in how much of online political activity appears to be more about playing than acting Whereas action breaks with the... Wait, no, no, no! What the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about? And yes, there are people that should actually get the fuck up off of their chair and actually do things in political spaces. But no, dog, you... Oh, oh my God. This is what I mean. This is the shit that I mean. It's so many people that think, oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing the real shit. Like, oh, okay, you're still on YouTube making videos. Like, you're on YouTube making videos. I don't, I don't want to tell you, though. You're on YouTube making videos. All right, let's, let's continue. Present and bring something new. Play does not interfere with the present. 
action involves resistance, whereas play resists real resistance. Why does this happen online? Well, there's a real difference between knowing that the stove can burn you when you touch it versus actually experiencing the burn of the stove. Where the former is theory, the latter prompts immediate action. Get your hand away from the stove. Online spaces give us information at the loss of truth. There, we don't experience truth, but rather information. We know of a war in Ukraine, the climate crisis, and police brutality, but many of us don't know it truly. Truth prompts action. This would explain why minorities... Wait, what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, that just... Sometimes you're not in a position to act. You, you know that, don't you? You know... Alright, let's go. ...are far more likely to engage in activism than the melanin deficient. Whereas white people can earnest... Uh, of course, this is from... This is from one of those people. The melanin deficient. What the fuck, man? Stop with that bullshit. Just stop. Just stop. Because it may, it turns you in to what the right actually motherfucking... That stereotype of the white person that actually hates other white people. So they're going to collaborate with the brown people. Stop with that. Just stop. Please stop. It makes our side looks fucking weak. Because the only thing it looks... It makes us look like is that... You know... You're only doing it out of some sort of guilt. Versus it. it's actually being right... To make people care about other people. I fucking hate that, man. It's just like... Y'all fall for the fucking stereotype. All the fucking time. Y'all fall for the motherfuckers... Who... You, you listen to the fucking right. And yeah, I'm going on the fucking rant. You listen to the motherfucking right about... And you play into that shit. You play into that shit. Are we supposed to like... You know... Not ignore that there are white brothers and sisters are motherfucking are a little bit more complacent in their activities uh, activities of social justice. Yeah, we should address that. The same as wealthier people of color, because the system works for them, and so that's why. But it's not some inherent thing because they don't have enough melanin to understand. No, it's because they're benefit from the motherfucking status quo as it is right now. Or at least they're not suffering as bad. And the fact that motherfuckers won't just acknowledge that, just like they want to acknowledge that, you know, as I stated before, the reason why some black um, black people are conservatives is because they're making it out okay. It's just so fucking stupid. Again, it gives this whole idea to, like, it gives this whole idea to these people who want to actually say, these are self-hating white people. It gives that idea and that impression when that's just not the case. But let's continue sympathize with the information of, for example, police brutality, they do not experience the painful lived truth of experiencing persecution based on the color of their skin. 
there is still a knowledge rift, concealed by information that limits any sense of urgency, and therefore action. This line of thinking has evidently led to the playfulness associated with deference politics, where majority groups strongly advocate and platform visible minorities. This form of coalition politics, while important in valuing the knowledge embedded in lived traumatic experiences, isn't enough if we wish to prompt real action. Even if those... What, what is the action that you want to fucking take? Like, I, I get a lot of these people that... They say, oh, we need to take better, more action. What action do you want to take? What action do you want to take? Do you want to start a fight? A, a war that's civil? Do you want to just start the revolution? Is that what you want to do? Because I'm telling you right now, to be honest with you, just like you have the, you think that there are people who have apathy because they don't experience shit. I'm going to tell you very honestly, you think that's going to be better because there's a civil war or a revolution where you're going to motherfucking pretend like you, the motherfucking, um, you know, the, 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 the revolutionary guard. No, because if that was the case, motherfuckers would have done it years ago. They would have done it years ago, but they haven't. Because here's the thing, it doesn't affect them like they like it would everybody else. So they don't have as much skin in the game. And, you know, you know, quiet is kept. A lot of people just are like that. And it's not just some, you know, indictment on their character. It's that people tend to be a little bit more focus on things that directly affect them. But let's hear what his action, he think the action should actually be. I don't know. Maybe, maybe something different than the LARPing. Platforming may feel like they're doing more than enough. In short, online politics has brought us poorly informed voters, the capture of activism by elites, and a false sense of action. Thank you for watching. Of course, I'm not going to leave it at that. How can we actually change things? Firstly, we need to move past the idea that this current system of online discourse is constructive. Consuming and supporting content that supports our political bent can give us a false sense of progress. At the end of the day... Okay, okay. So, no, I don't think it's all productive. That's one thing that I will say. I don't think the online politics is all productive. I believe that it should take... It's a great rallying point. And let's be honest... There would be some people, if they didn't have online politics, that they wouldn't be doing shit. They wouldn't be... They wouldn't even feel empathy to what... What a lot of these groups need to feel empathy to. I will actually say that. 
So is it all bad? No. Is it all good? Definitely not. But for somebody to actually say that, um, yeah, no, it we, we need to get rid of online politics altogether, it's kind of disingenuous. It's kind of disingenuous. But let's see what he actually said. As he's going to say, let's go. Today, it is theoretical progress. The spirit of rebellion can exist only in a society where a theoretical equality conceals great factual inequalities, writes Camus. Namely, the true rebellion against current things will only occur when we collectively recognize that deference politics online is in some sense sapping much of our attention from more damaging injustices. Me babbling on about Jordan Peterson does not solve these factual inequalities. No, but it at least addresses a problem. Like, this is what I mean. If it doesn't get rid of the problem altogether, then it's a big, it's a big bad thing. Like, no, there are some people who literally think that Jordan Peterson is actually effective or right. And we it takes us on the left to actually say, like, no, that motherfucker's stupid. He's a motherfucking crybaby. Not only is he a crybaby, he, he's a former, you know, he's a he's a former benzo addict that criticized people for taking drugs. Hey, you want to do drugs? That's on you. Cool. But don't criticize other motherfuckers for the shit that you was doing too. But let's continue. From this, we need to transition from the abstraction of information to the concreteness of truth. Theory is important. Conversations are important. And they're... Dude, and I, this, is, this is just the stupidest shit that you are saying. It is not truth. It is quite literally perception. You're talking about perception. Let's continue. There's a multitude of useful Twitter threads and genuinely insightful videos and live streams that have helped me in forming my views. But it's still mostly theory. There will still be lead in our water unless we do something about the pipes. A necessary. Nobody is saying don't do anything, dog. But the way you're making it seem like you're just gonna go in there and rip the shit up yourself. That's not how that works, man. All right, let's go. Push through both tangible experience in the real world outside of digital spaces, as well as through a lingering interaction with art that is born out of a genuine experience of suffering can help this process. This is where we encounter truth. We need to know in our hearts and not just abstractly that we are bonded by suffering and revolt is heroic defiance to whatever oppresses us. What does this look like exactly? In psychoanalysis, our encounter with suffering and the need for change often comes in four forms. Firstly, there is the withdrawal of the self from reality, in which we numb ourselves to the truth through dissociation. Secondly, we may engage in some sort of divinity, believing ourselves to be closely aligned with something larger and spiritual. 
thirdly, we may renounce ourselves in the service of historical necessity, solacely sacrificing our subjectivity to a revolutionary cause that we believe is guaranteed to bring salvation. Can't you see this is what you're doing right now? For real. All right. Oh, wait, let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. And fourthly, we may simply destroy everything, including ourselves, out of a sort of surrender to nihilism. The first two, dissociation and spiritualism, tend to sustain the status quo through inaction. The third, turning oneself into an instrument for a cause, is often too fraught with grand statements on human nature, society, and the future to guarantee that such a sacrifice will pay off. The final one, while certainly a form of action in terms of destruction, is also really just rage quitting. The simple fact is we don't know how this will all end. Why give up? Why add to the suffering? There is another form of pushing for change, Lacan's subjective destitution. Although all previous examples deal with some form of this is fucking crazy. This is fucking crazy. I don't, like, I still can't kind of get over the fact that this is a motherfucker on YouTube doing this shit, right? And I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm on YouTube talking about politics and shit like that. But I'm fully aware that, one, I'm talking about politics. Two, like, I don't know that I'm not seeing that I'm not doing something where... People may want to listen to what I'm not, not I'm saying or, or some shit like that. And three, it's just like you're downplaying some of the the, and I know part of it is downplaying the I want to say downplaying the um how do I put it. The consequences of your action, because in the end, there are consequences to actually speaking. There are consequences to speaking about what they're speaking about. And the thing about it is, those consequences are, you know, people listening to them. The consequences are actually people forming an opinion on what he's saying. There are consequences to his actions. But I, I think he thinks that he's not going to fucking pay those consequences or that he's doing something different than what he's accusing other people of. I don't know. But let's continue of removing our personhood through grand claims or fear, subjective destitution does so out of a sincere and humble attempt at changing for the better. As engaged subjects, we have to act with a view to the future, but for a priori reasons, we cannot base our decisions on a rational pattern of historical progress, so we have to improvise and take risks. 
One example of subjective destitution does not come from the bourgeoisie or those with the time to chart a seemingly nuanced revolutionary course. Nope, it is actually reflected in healthcare workers during the pandemic. Without any guarantee that their actions would help in the end, without much help or guidance, and many times without any sense of hope, these workers improvised with what they had in order to deal with what was in front of them. That wasn't a plan, dog. That's just somebody's dedication to helping people. This is not some basis of actually building a, a movement or revolution on. This is just fucking human ingenuity. What are you talking about? And like, no, no, no bullshit. No disrespect to the motherfucking healthcare workers. But it's about getting a job done. It wasn't this big overarching, like, we need to copy this. Fuck, if anything, we definitely don't need to copy what happened with a lot of our healthcare workers during the pandemic. Because a lot of them got burnt out and a lot of them are no longer in that field because it's it was just, they did what they had to do for so long and they literally resolved the issue at the time, but they're no longer there anymore. Wow, this is dumb. They could not deny the truth of suffering. They acted out of urgency. On a personal level, we need to adapt this sort of selflessness and humility that confronts the present without any claims on the future, to take things one day at a time. This is the sort of constructive politics that Taiwo suggests as But it's not constructive. It's not constructive at all, taking things one day at a time. Yes, you should be flexible and no battle plan survives first contact with the enemy. But just to say, like, oh, yeah, no, like, you, we should be in the same desperation mode that a lot of our healthcare workers were in because progress? Like, you understand how asinine that shit sounds, right? Did you have any healthcare workers that you knew that had to survive during the pandemic? That would, that is just, so asinine to literally say, "Oh, we needed to, we needed to treat these workers." Like, like, oh my god! All right, let's let's go. As an alternative to deference politics, constructive politics is the pursuit of specific goals rather than focusing on complicity in injustice. It involves multitasking, tearing down, and building up. Instead of playing whack-a-mole with injustice or redecorating our prison walls, we need to break these walls and build a better- But the thing about it is, what you're just advocating for is whack-a-mole motherfucking policy. You just advocated for whack-a-mole policy. Taking it day by day. Nigga, that's man, that's whack-a-mole policy. <laughs> almost let almost let my blackness slip. Sorry. World, in terms of online spaces, this means the channeling of attentional resources to situations that can be improved. As he notes, information networks aid effective political action and can constrain the system's violence. 
rather than compulsively monitoring the internal politics of BreadTube or Twitch or your own Discord server, it is up to those with influence, including myself, to actually adapt this approach and channel our limited energy and attention to... Cool. When the next time you having a get out the vote drive? When the next time you doing that? When the next time you get out the get out the vote drive? You have to get out the vote drive. Come on, you gonna have to get out the vote drive, right? You not? Oh. Specific goals in the real world. This does not mean the end of theory or discourse. We need these discussions: pessimism of the intellect and optimism of the will. I look to someone like B. R. Ambedkar a famous Indian politician involved in drafting the Constitution. As a good example, Ambedkar had studied under John Dewey, a philosopher under the School of Pragmatism. Despite the constant theoretical squabbling inherent in pragmatist thought, Ambedkar nonetheless took certain principles that he had learned under Dewey, such as nurturing human personality and a skepticism of supposedly timeless values, and he applied them to battle against the caste system in India. Being an untouchable himself, Ambedkar was applying theory to tear down by criticizing the caste system and build up through drafting a new constitution, a movement against an injustice, a tangible and concrete truth he found to be deeply personal. Another example can also be seen in Camus' conclusion of The Rebel, where his endorsement of trade unionism reflects the sort of concreteness that constructive politics requires. Far from being a form of romanticism, rebellion takes the part of true realism. So what was the point of this video? Um, firstly, the to, to intellectually, you know, you know, masturbate and say how Oh, live streamers are bad. Like, I'm being an asshole. But let's let's have him talk about what was the point of this video, shall we? This wasn't an attack against streamers or other online personalities. I think me specifically telling other people what to do with their platform would be a little entitled. And also, as I said before, many of the people... But you literally did it. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to say anything rude and disrespectful and then it proceeds to say something rude and disrespectful like the fuck? like i don't okay sure yeah dog okay cool all right cool cool Let, let's go i mentioned have participated in charities and activism um this is actually more of a video addressed directly to the viewer and the general audience. I think if you feel hopeless about the world, you should probably start rethinking your relationship with online content. You know, make changes however you can and in whatever way it suits your personality. I think everybody has some sort of... Okay, so this is an interesting take. Instead of saying like, yo, stop, stop getting parasocial relationships with these streamers, which everybody should unironically do like stop having parasocial relationships with streamers and well i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not telling you what to do i'm just saying like dude yes you are you literally made a video talking about what to do but let's continue tool privilege or trait that can make the world a better place and if everyone did what was supposedly 
insufficient, I'd like to think that it would eventually become sufficient in some way. So it's about kind of, you know, suiting the action to your own, like, who you are. For me specifically, I don't really think I'm that great of, like, an orator in front of a lot of people. I get really anxious at approach. That's what it is! That's exactly what it is! Why is it that every one of these people that make an issue about live streamers, they just, I can't talk to people. I can't talk to a lot of people. Why does it turn out to be that way? Oh my god, okay, I'm, okay, let's, let's go. Protests, and I'm not great with coordinating events. Um, however, I do have an interest in psychology and philosophy. So why do you think that there are some people that everybody should actually do that shit? When there are some people that are like you that can't do the shit? I don't get it. It's, it's almost as if I can't do it, so you do it. And if you're not doing it, you're bad. I'm done. This is just done. I'm done. I look, 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 look. This is why I'm saying, like, this is why it, it, it's always I've seen it from the fucking FD signifier videos where he, he can't sit back and talk to people without a fucking editor. We see it in what was that other one? Um, we we seen it with the Soul Bunny video, which I'm gonna go over the Soul Bunny video. We see it with um. This guy, Solaris, it's like they can't sit back and talk to a lot of people. I'm just done. This is the reason why they have so much kickback. But anyway, guys, like, share, and subscribe. I'm done. I'm done. Help me out. I'm trying to hit a thousand subscribers. Thank you. And like, cut the video segment here. I want to say thank you to all my Patreon supporters and my Twitch subscribers. Join the Guardians, become a member, or become a subscriber on YouTube, Patreon, and help support the channel. Thank you for watching this video. And the next one should be popping up on your screen. Subscribe, and if you haven't checked it out and want to help out the channel, check out my Patreon. Thanks.